Hello and welcome to The Peaceful Truth. My name is Kenzie. I'm one of the hosts. Um, Our episode today is about Brett Kavanaugh. He is uh, the man nominated to be a Supreme Court justice by President Donald Trump. Um, We were doing the episode. We've done a series on the Me Too movement and women coming forward against men um, or public figures as well that um, have committed acts of sexual assault or they accuse them of acts of sexual assault. Um, And this week we were doing that episode to kind of update it um, if these allegations are true and what our thoughts were. But there's been development since we recorded on Saturday as this is a developing story. Um, So I just wanted to kind of let you know some of the updates uh, before we get into it. There have been two more accusers than uh, the one that we knew about on Saturday. The first accuser that we already knew about was Christine uh, Ford. And then on uh, Sunday, a second woman, uh, Debbie Ramirez, who was a classmate in Yale of Mr. Kavanaugh's, came out. And some of this information is from the BBC. This article is called Brett Kavanaugh, who are the Supreme Court nominees accusers. Um So Debbie Ramirez was his classmate um, at Yale, and she alleges that he exposed her his genitals to her. Now Julie Swentick, I believe I am pronouncing her name correct, or Swetnick, on Wednesday or today, um, when I'm recording it, she came became the third woman to make it public. And she alleges, according to BBC, that between 1981 and 1983, she attended a lot of house parties where he uh, was present and um, that him and his friends tried to spike girls' drinks with drugs to cause them to lose their inhibitions. Um, So those are some of the new accusations. And there's one more update. um, And I'm doing this update via an NPR article, which is sex crimes prosecutor picked for Kavanaugh hearing brings decades of experience. This is by Camilla um, Domineski. Um, Sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. But anyway, on Thursday, um, Christine Ford will um, be at the hearing on Thursday in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, where Rachel Mitchell, who was the head of the sex crimes unit um, at the Maricopa Attorney's Office, County Attorney's Office, um, and she's going to be the one asking the questions, and then uh, Brett Kavanaugh will be there as well. So we wanted to give you guys these updates before you dive into our episode. Um, it might even be different by Thursday morning. So uh, we just wanted to give you the latest information. So thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, here's the episode we recorded. Three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and more. You are joined by your co-hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. And Kenzie has a beautiful party nail. Party nail. I really like it. Um, Yeah, maybe we could put it on our Instagram this week, but... So a party nail is like your ring finger nail and you just make it different from all your other nails. But this one's in particularly really nice. Do you want to describe it? It's so all of her fingers are white. And then this one, the party nail starts off ombre with gold glitter. So thicker glitter closer to the cuticle and then it slowly fades away to no glitter. I just felt 
fancy. It's really, really cute. And now I want my nails to be just like this. Someone told me, and I apologize because I think it was one of my really good friends, but someone told me that it's part of like the Me Too movement. To have an ombre party nail or just a party nail? Just a party nail. Oh. Which I, I just have I was heard of it called as a party nail. Is it shellac? No, it's dip. Oh, it's dip. So if you don't know what dip is, it is dipping your finger repeatedly in powder and it like layers it and layers it until it's like a hard layer. How many times have you gotten dip? Is this the first time? No, maybe four times. I love dip. I really like it. But then. Oh, what are yours? This is shellac this time. It. It really messed up my nails bad. I feel like if I ever get engaged, like that, what I will do is just like have my nails done all the time. Like when I first get engaged and be like, look at my ring. <laughs> so I understand why you're doing your nails all the time. I would be like. <laughs> do you think that they can do an ombre party nail with shellac? I think so. I have no idea. Well, I it was like, te- do you know, Texas, I think was like the founding state of all this shellac and dip business. Um, yes, I did know that. It's much easier to find in Texas. Like here, it was slow to get dip. Women love their nails in Texas. I think that's kind of true. Love. Because me and you and Chelsea get our nails done more than the average Washingtonian. I actually have not in like six months. But then now you're going to be on a bender. Maybe. (laughs) It's something that I feel like is a frivolous expense. Oh, for sure. But it's nice chelsea got dip and we were just all obsessed with it yeah um but yeah no dip lasts a long time it lasts a really long time like what three four weeks more than shellac way more than shellac yeah which shellac was like revolutionary (laughs) it was how long do you think shellac's been around like 2013 oh i was gonna say 2010 2010 okay so about eight Five to ten years, we'll say. And then Dip came along and blew us out of the water. Dip was probably, like, just in Washington, like, what, a year or two, maybe? I don't even know of a good salon in Washington. You don't like your dip? No, I got them in Texas. Oh, you got your dip in Texas. This is dip from Texas. (laughs) I know one salon, which is right by my apartment, that does dip, but only one. So you're going to have to text me with the name of it. Dip in Texas. How much is yours? Shellac. And dip. Do you know how much dip is? Dip is expensive. It's probably like 60 bucks. See, this place just opened and it's a fancy place and they're trying to get customers though in Texas. Everything in Texas is a little cheaper. And uh, they were trying to get, you know, it was like 50% off for all services. Nice. And so I did this and then I was like, I want the most expensive pedicure. <laughs> so how much was the most expensive pedicure? I, I forget. But my dad was like, he came to pick us up um, like an hour early from when I was finished because they were like doing all these elaborate things to my feet. And my dad was like, what did you do? And I was like, dad, let me enjoy my time. <laughs> I got the most expensive pedicure 50% off. Okay. And I'm paying for it now. So let me enjoy my time. <laughs> So what were you in Texas for? A wedding. Did you have so much fun? I did. It was um, Emily Anderson's little brother. Emily has been a guest on our podcast now. 
and it was her little brother's wedding. So you got to see Emily. Yes. Nice. Oh, she looked like a princess. Oh my gosh, was she so beautiful? She was a bridesmaid. Yeah, she looked like Cinderella. Oh my gosh. Her hair was done perfectly. Her skin was flawless. She always has really nice skin. And she was in this golden gown and I was like, you're a fairy tale right oh now. Oh my gosh, she's a fairy princess. I know. Like if a little girl saw her, she'd be like, oh. <laughs> Cinderella in life. Yeah. So then did you get to see Emily's boyfriend? Yeah. He and I sat next to each other at the wedding, actually. Oh, nice. And then not at the wedding, um, at the rehearsal or not the rehearsal. Damn. At the rehearsal and at the um, reception. They both start with R's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So did Emily not get to sit by y'all because she was in the wedding? Yeah. So she had to sit at a separate table? Like a long table. It was a very nice wedding. Oh, nice. It was um, classic. And then they had this big band. That played music? Yeah. Well, Dancing no DJ. music? Yeah. No DJ. Big band. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been to a combo of bands and DJs. Mm-hmm. If the band is good, then it's still just as fun as a DJ. But if the They band were. Is, oh, good. And they sounded good. And they were like, had so much energy. And how they like maintained the energy. There was no pauses, too. They were just hours of energy i was like whoa what sort of caught like are you on nitro brew like on iv back there but they were like um jesus but they were like back there um like they had people like one person would perform or uh, several people would perform and then they would switch to give them a break yeah to give them a breather yeah well i'm glad you had fun thanks so were julie and your dad invited to the wedding oh yeah nice yeah. So it was a really fun weekend. Yes. Perfect. When did you Perfect. get back? Monday. No, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, my flight kept getting delayed. It got delayed like four hours. Why? Because of the weather? I guess. No, it was like a chain of like my plane was delayed somewhere else in a mm. different state and then it never made it. So. so then did you just sit there for four hours? No, because my dad's house is right next to DFW. So... Oh, so I don't have to leave until pretty soon. That works out. Yeah. So we just kept sitting there. (laughs) It was great. Was it good to see your dad? Yeah. I miss him. I know. Um, how's your week? How's your weekend? Good. Um, my mom just left. She was here for like a whole week. So it was really nice. We did lots of fun things and Hannah got spayed. Yeah. So how's she doing? She's her energy is back. So it kind of sucks because you have to keep her calm and she doesn't want to be calm. So hopefully next weekend she can go back to the dog park. I mean, she's used to going to the dog park like four times a week. Poor girl. I know she's really just dying a little bit. So we'd have to just be like, your insides will come out if you're not calm. (laughs) Does she listen? Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Thanks for the warning. I guess I need to sit still. So big. Yeah. I have a new podcast recommendation. Awesome. Tell me all about it. It's called Girls Gotta Eat. And what's it about? Just dating and single life. And it's really funny. So are the is it two girls just talking about dating? Yeah. And they were like a little promiscuous, which is kind of hilarious. Do they live in Los Angeles? New York. I was gonna say New York next. Why? Because I knew it was either LA or New York. It's I like knew it. Sex in the City vibes. Yes. Yeah, and they talk about sex in the city too. Well, I guess I need to look this up. It's pretty funny. Um, I have some really exciting news speaking of podcasts. 
Serial season three. What's this one about? Um, I'm not as excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of small cases mm. and it's nothing like, you know, earth shattering like Adnan's trial was, but, um, they're going to do, they're in Ohio because in Ohio, uh, the media can come and record all of the court cases where Ooh. in other states recordings aren't allowed. And so they're all going to be in Ohio. And the first one is about a woman who her butt was getting slapped at a bar like six times by guys. They were just like slapping her butt over and over. And she, at first she was like ignoring it. And then she was like, starting to get in a little bit of a fight with him like stop stop and then it got physical and then a cop came just happened to be walking by like had nothing to do with him seeing the fight break out and her arm slung back and hit him in the face on accident and then she ended up with like huge charges pressed against her like what's above a misdemeanor a felony yes a felony yes because she hit a cop in the face so I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but it's getting to that point. And there's video recording of it. And so you can see like her arm. I mean, I haven't seen the video, but you could see how like it, her arm was flinging to punch another woman because it broke out. Like this huge bar fight just broke out Jeez because Louise. of these men hitting, slapping the woman's ass. And so then this is the first episode. And then the second episode is going to be about a different case. So it's kind of different than the mm. seasons that we're used to. Okay. Got to listen. I know. I love Sarah Koenig so much. Ugh, so good. She's the best podcast voice. So we don't have the, no, I'm just kidding. But we have, so we have two, ser one very fun recommendation and one like serious cereal. I love cereal so much. Okay, what are we talking about today? We're talking about something that's really relevant in the news these days. We're talking about Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, we were. We might have a guest on in the future. We were supposed to have a guest today, a doula, but we might have her on in the future. So if you do have questions for a doula and you're a mother or expecting mother or one day want to be a mom, let us know. Yeah, her uh, client went into labor last night. Yeah, so. So, I mean, you got to take care of that. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. You need to come on our pod podcast. I'm, um, I'm sorry. Our me. podcast with like a few listeners, you need to come on. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. You told us you were going to be here. You <laughs> need to leave your client behind. She can have that baby on her own. Perfect. <laughs> so then we had to come up with the second option. And, and this is a pretty solid one because it's going on with our Me Too movement theme. Um, and it's very, I mean, this stuff just happened last week. Okay. It looks like you have really solid research. So I'm going to let you start. <laughs> You're going to hand yours, it on over to me. Yours is a Word doc. I just have like an online article pulled up. So go for it. Okay. Mine's from Wikipedia. Such a reliable source. Oh. Yeah. I feel like it kind of is. I know it gets a bad rap, but everything that I found on it is true. I think it's true to be skeptical of it, though, because anyone can add to it. This is true. That's why people say it's sketchy. This is true. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, and I believe it, he was born on February 12th, 1965. You believe that he was born <laughs> on February 12th. I believe that. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> he is an American attorney and a jurist who served as the U.S. Circuit Judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. So he's from Washington, D.C. 
graduated from Yale with a degree in American history and also went to Yale Law School. So after graduating from law school, he began his career as a law clerk and then a postgraduate fellow who worked under Judge Ken Starr. So some of the things that Kavanaugh is really uh, known for in his career, um, the first one is he worked really closely with Ken Starr on various investigating uh, concerns around President Bill Clinton. And Kavanaugh played a lead role in drafting the Starr Report, which um, urged the impeachment of President Bill Clinton. So then the next thing that he is kind of widely known for is that he worked with George W. Bush campaign in the Florida recount. Do you remember what a big deal that was? You were... I was probably in the sixth grade, so you were probably like in the fourth grade. So do you remember? Yeah. It was a huge deal. Remember, we didn't know who the president was for like months. I remember that. And I also remember my parents complaining about it. About it taking so long? Yeah. Well, yeah, because... I forget how they voted in that election, (laughs) but yeah. It was Bush versus... Was it 2000? Yeah. Then was it Gore? Yes. Yeah, it was Bush versus Gore and it all came down to Florida and the hanging Chad. Remember the hanging Chad? The hanging Chad? (laughs) Yes, because back then you didn't vote like with computers. That was 18 years ago. Yeah, you didn't vote or Florida, apparently, whatever country. (laughs) country. Florida is its own country. Let's be honest. We got some weird shit that goes down there. I'm sure that some states voted with computers, but apparently... And I could be totally wrong about all this. <laughs> We're just like talking out of our butts about how the voting But there was works. a hanging chat. And a What's hanging, a hanging chat, chat had to do with the slip of paper that okay. you, you had to punch a hole in it to say who you were going to vote for. Mm-hmm. If you're going to vote for Bush or Gore. And then the hanging chad would be that the that the hole punch was still like hanging there. So it was like, well, did they vote for this person or did they mean to vote for the like it was like this whole thing about if the whole punch was fully punched through or if it was still like just hanging there. Wow, we've gone a long way. So they had to recount all the votes like by hand, like people had to volunteer to see who won. I remember that. It was a huge deal. Usually we know the president like literally that night. We know the president. Yeah. And we didn't know who the president was for like months. My parents, I remember, would let me stay up. I always and watch liked, it. Yeah, I always liked. Wa- I always love watching presidential campaign like nights. I do too, except for the last one. Okay. <laughs> I was um out. I used to be a TV reporter, and I was out that night, and I was covering a mayoral campaign in the city, and it was like a big deal for the city. So I was covering that while the presidential campaign was going on. And so I did like 16 live shots and I like kept turning around, kept turning around. And at first it was like what we expected. And then I turned around once and I was like, what is going on? And then you now we're here. You didn't live in Seattle yet? No. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. So anyway, Kavanaugh was really big on George Bush and the campaign around the Florida recount. Um, he later joined the administration as the White House staff secretary and he was a central figure in its efforts to identify and confirm judicial nominees so just a huge big powerhouse guy you know just making waves and counting money type thing so (laughs) 
So here are the sexual assault allegations that just came out uh, September 16th. So what's today? Not that long ago. So on September 16th, Christine Ford, she is a professor at Palo Alto University, said that Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her when he was a 17-year-old high school student. Specifically, Ford stated that in the early 1980s, when they were both teenagers, Kavanaugh and a male friend corralled her into a bedroom at a house party in Maryland. According to Christine, Kavanaugh pinned her down to the bed, groped her, tried to pull off her clothes, and covered her mouth with his hand when she tried to scream. Christine said that she was afraid Kavanaugh might inadvertently kill her during the attack. Ford stated that she got away when one of Kavanaugh's friends from Georgetown Prep School jumped on the bed and knocked them all over. Christine's attorney, Deborah Katz, has stated that Ford considers the assault to have been an attempted rape. On September 13th, Ford's statement came to light when Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat from California, acknowledged the the existence of a complaint against Kavanaugh by a woman who requested not to be identified. So the uh, senator stated that the woman accused Kavanaugh of trying to force himself on her while physically restraining her when they were both in high school. On the same day, the senator stated that she had forwarded the allegations to federal authorities. Christine Ford came forward forward publicly after Republicans criticized the fact that this statement had come from an unknown person. Kavanaugh issued the following statement through the White House. Quote, I categorically and unequivocally deny this allegation. I did not do this back in high school or at any time. End quote. Where is this article from? Did we already? It's all from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. But I believe it. No, I know. (laughs) I've read several articles that confirm all this. Yeah. So um, Christine Ford has also provided therapist notes of references she made in couples counseling in 2012 describing the psychological effects afterwards. The therapist notes, part of which were released on September 16th, confirmed that Ford had stated that she was assaulted by students from an elitist boys' school who eventually became highly respected and highly ranking member of society in Washington. The notes did not specifically name Kavanaugh, though. Notes from another session in 2013 show that Ford had previously described a rape attempt while in high school as well. So that's a lot to take in and a lot to think about and consider for what Trump has nominated Kavanaugh to do. So the Senate Judiciary Committee released a letter on September 14th, which was signed by 65 women, 65 women who stated that they had known Kavanaugh for more than 35 years and noted that Kavanaugh behaved honorably and treated women with respect. So 65 women signed that. And then on the other hand, 24 women who attended school with Christine Ford sent a letter to Congress expressing support for her and over 1,000 alumni of the school signed a letter saying that her accusations were all too consistent with stories we had heard and lived at the school. Additionally, there are statements by Yale law professors Amy Chow and Jed Rubenfeld 
that the physical attractiveness of female law students played a role in Judge Kavanaugh's clerkship hiring process. So basically, he wanted to hire attractive women, is what these two law professors are saying at Yale. Yale Law School is also uh, currently conducting an investigation. Dang. That's everything that I looked into about it. I didn't know about the signed letters. Yeah, I didn't know that part either. I didn't know about the Yale professors coming forward and saying that Kavanaugh only wanted to hire or that the attractiveness impacted who he hired for his clerkship. But Yale is currently investigating. Very interesting. So... I want to bring up a few points. Um, I think that this brings up a lot of relevance of what the Me Too movement is doing. I think it's like, one, yeah, I I understand where people are like, why is she bringing it up now? Um, I I like get the rationale. Do I support it? No. Like, one, a woman should be able to bring up whatever she feels like she needs to bring up when she wants to. Mm -hmm. Two... I think it's relevant to bring up if he's going to be in this high of a position of power. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I just feel like the Me Too movement is showing, irregardless, because there were Democrats that have been accused, even I think a senator, and now he didn't run for re-election or something like that, where they have been accused. And I just feel like we should stop with the boys should be our boys like rationale. Um, He might have done it a long time ago, but like a man shouldn't be looked up to like in these positions of power, they're role models in these positions of power. They're leading the country. They're paving paths. And if they did something this significantly wrong and we it's not confirmed yet officially, um, with through all these investigations. But if he did do something like this, he shouldn't be in power. You know, like mm-hmm. we should stop with the boys should be boys rationale. We should only uphold people in positions of power that have honorable actions and integrity, you know, definitely. And like young men will look up to these actions and know that and be raised with the idea that this is an acceptable behavior and it's wrong behavior. And then maybe it'll stop future things from happening. Like if that's the mindset from when they're born, you know, Mm -hmm. I also think that we need to stop with the whole like Democrats versus Republicans thing as well. I think that this isn't like a party issue. No, no, I don't think this is political. And even like Meg knows that I don't like to be extremely political in my opinions and advocating for human rights because I think it's a separate concept. Human rights should be separate from politics. But I I agreed with you, like a man in this position, whether Republican or Democrat, should not be serving, should not be fighting for human rights, should not be fighting, making huge decisions if this is like the type of integrity he holds, which is not official yet. But if this did happen, if then, yeah, he shouldn't be in that position of power. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks for sure. So I think we can wrap up with a tweet that Trump, I want to say within like the past day or two is when he tweeted this. Mm -hmm. So I have no doubt that if the attack on Dr. Ford was as bad as she says, charges would have been immediately filed with local law enforcement authorities by either her or her loving parents. I ask that she bring those filings forward so that we can learn date, time, and place. I have a few arguments about the rationale behind this tweet. 
back and this shows I'm just saying that this shows privilege from like the way he tweets that he has never experienced something like this and has never been sexually harassed. You don't know how someone has felt bullied or whether she was scared to tell her parents like her. We don't know her family life. Maybe she was maybe her parents would have been upset at her. Like that's a thing where women get in trouble for being in these situations. Maybe she felt like she couldn't tell them because she was at a party. We don't know what one that happened Two, if she was scared to tell the police three if she was bullied Four, if like she was just too scared and ashamed, which society does do that to women of being ashamed for being sexual beings or for being attacked for out of against your will, like all of these things like could have limited her. And the fact that it said it must have been because it was so severe is so ignorant to say and privileged to say like, I, I, don't you agree? Like 100%. Yes. What sort of viewpoint is this coming from? So like. then after this tweet came out, I saw, I want to say it was a BuzzFeed article that women coming forward saying why they chose not to go to their parents or to local law enforcement right after they were sexually assaulted. So it's just exactly. this whole thing came forward about like women's coming forward and saying, well, this is why I didn't come forward as soon as it, as it happened to me. Yeah. And I've like, I've been the victim of things, not extreme as rape, but I've definitely been the victim of things and I have never gone to the police, which maybe I should not from now on just to like stop if it ever happens again. But like, I don't know. I think it's horse crap to say it's illegitimate just because women are afraid to go. Mm -hmm. So that's what our president has to say about the matter. Okay. (laughs) Great. So um, I think that, you know, just bringing forward light and um, bringing forward kind of the facts that we know so far can be beneficial. Um, Obviously, we're not solving anything by doing this but yet we are just coming forward and saying boys will be boys we're tired of hearing it Mm -hmm. culture has to stop yep so kens what are you looking forward to Mm, i'm looking forward to i'm gonna buy pumpkins this week oh nice it's fall and i'm gonna put them on my front door You're just going to put pumpkins all over your front door. Not on it, but next to it. (laughs) Nice. I saw that you guys have a new private property sign. Let's not talk about that on the podcast. I'll tell you why off the podcast. (laughs) Sorry, we can get that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Kens, what are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to buying pumpkins and putting them next to my front door. So you're just totally embracing this fall. Yeah. I kind of love it candles cuddling on the couch (laughs) you should get some fall candles while you're at it i already did girl (laughs) if you think i'm that far behind i own a black cat as all year (laughs) i'm always excited for fall so i'm excited because i'm getting acupuncture today oh girl oh that must feel good let me know how it goes i've had it before i know i want to i want to like know more about it okay i'll tell you more about it Okay, cool. Um, And then remember, which we haven't really done this many times, but please submit your questions if you have questions for doula. Perfect. Well, have a good rest of your week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.